0: and stretch out like a great big river, wait on and let's swim together, and lines are blurred, the infinity of choice, entering the temporal void. Consciousness, once one
1: centralized, maybe in death we will be reconciled,
0: so come gaze with
2: just a gigolo, Gigolo. and everywhere I go, the people know the part I'm playing, paid for every dance, selling its romance, oh, they is. there will come a day, and youth will pass away, what will they say about me, when the end comes, I know they'll just a gigolo's, Life goes on without me And just a gigolo everywhere I go People the part I'm playing Paid for every dance selling each romance Oh, what they say And there will come a day And youth will pass away What will they say about me? When, when the end, end comes, comes i know there's a just a jiggle dose life goes on without me cause i ain't got nobody oh and there's no matter just for me there's no matter just for me I'm Sad and lonely, sad and lonely Want some sweet mama Come take a chance with me Cause I ain't so bad that... And I'll sing her Read love song All of the time She will only be All baldy me But the but There's no matter kids follow me, This no matter that kids for me, no matter I'm me. i so sad and lonely. Oh, lonely. Oh, lonely. 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 Oh, some sweet mama? Come and rescue me, cause I am so bad. And I say no. We left
1: oh,
2: love the time Live see Desolation nobody, 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 nobody,
0: nobody, 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 This is Play It By Year, the show where I explore the history of popular music 10 years at a time? What? The 50s? What's this all about? It ain't 1956, which is where that song, Just a Gigolo slash I Ain't Got Nobody by Louis Prima was from. Let's talk about that song, actually, for a second. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. The first song that I play, I always try to pick the coolest song from the year, in my opinion. And start off that way. Now I don't know for sure that that's the coolest song of the entire decade, but I feel confident that it's got the coolest moment in any song in any de- in the fifties at least. Because uh, so the idea was is it's two songs. It's there's a slash in the middle, right? So it's like it's I ain't got nobody. I think that's I think that's an Irving Berlin from nineteen fifties or from, from nineteen fifteen. And then Just a Gigolo is like, I think, a French song that got translated in 1929. So you take Just a Gigolo, and then you got to go in. You're like a mashup artist. You know what I mean? Like you're doing a girl talk move there, taking a couple of old hits, turning them into your new song together. So you got to transition from Just a Gigolo into I Ain't Got Nobody. Body. Now, how you going to do that? You're going to do some kind of a big key change. You're going to write some kind of a big kind of and away we go to this new song. Not if you're Louis Prima. Listen to what this man did. Listen, I'm not playing the whole song. Just this part. What listen to it.
2: Say about
0: it's me. just a gigolo.
2: When the end comes, I know there's just a gigolos. Life goes on without me. Cause
0: I, I cause, Cause he said that's how he re- that's so cool. That's what the kids call BDE. Big you know what energy coming it just exuding out of Louis Prima in that song, man. How cool. That's work smarter not harder all the way. Do not overthink things. Be like Louis Prima, just say cause. Anyway, this is also uh the entire of the the entirety of the 1950s will be encompassed tonight. Because, well, I was going to start with 1956 originally. That was going to be the original, like the earliest year that I'd do. But I was think I was kind of, I made a version of that show and I thought it kind of sucked. So instead, 1960s the cut off year, we're just going to make a grab bag of all the 50s tonight. It's also the Halloween episode, but you know, it's COVID Halloween this year. So we're not like, we're not going all out because you can't go trick-or-treating. You can't have parties, so... Let's just observe Halloween real quickly. There's a little Castle Thunder. And uh, that's enough of that. All right, Halloween show underway. I do want to do a version of my lost chapter from history, but I did want to shortchange y'all and just do like, oh, 1955 was when this happened. All right, that's it. So I'm just going to go down each year. We're going to do 10 quick ones. These, of course, are stories that are not on the official record books that I, with my level of access and my security clearance, am able to tell you. All right, let's do it real fast. 1950, Cinderella was released. Salzagatula, uh, Mishikabula, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo is actually a telephonian adage, and it means do not poop in an unfamiliar toilet 1951 the first birth control pill is released but the baby boom happened anyway because it turns out it tasted real gross 1952 Mr. Potato Head was invented Uh, originally you had to use a real potato uh, and you'd stick plastic parts into it but this actually caused a small number of potatoes to become sentient and murder their owners 1953 cigarette smoking is reported to cause lung cancer and that news buried a report released one day earlier that coca-cola causes you to feel like you're a big phony and everybody else has it together but you don't have it together but it's just you and nobody else and you'll never be normal like other people never get to do nice things or be respected 1954 senator mccarthy is censured by the senate effectively ending his communist witch hunt only one day before he was to unveil his patented pinko meter a tube you blow into that instantly detects if you think capitalism sucks 1955 disneyland opens with its original five lands fantasy land adventure land Frontierland, Tomorrowland, and Waltland, where Walt Disney sits in a big throne made of real skeletons, and if you look him in the eye, you have to let him kiss you on the mouth. This land was removed from history by Project Archangel in 2018. 1956, Elvis Presley earns his first big hit with Heartbreak Hotel. Meanwhile, on opposite Earth, a hotel made entirely from human hearts released a hit single called Elvis Presley. 1957, Russian launched Sputnik one, the first satellite, they immediately learned about like a million different aliens out there, and world leaders decided hey, let's keep it a secret, and they agreed on it via a group pinky swear. 1958, Whammo introduces the hula hoop, but secretly, each one has an embedded kinetic conductor inside, and the energy generated by hoopers moving their hips is transmitted to the rich to power their sex robots. And in 1959... The Twilight Zone debuts, it is straight up 100% nonfiction. Every single episode of The Twilight Zone really happened and that's the 50s okay so this is the halloween episode i do want to give y'all a halloween discussion topic here's what it is you got a grab bag these are three questions boom 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 and if you're going to answer any of them you got to answer all three so either answer all three of these questions or don't answer none of them if you're calling my show tonight okay question number one your favorite candy to get trick-or-treating what is it question number two What's the best Halloween costume you ever wore? And question number three, F. Mary Kill. Play a game of F. Mary Kill. Which one? Thriller, Ghostbusters theme, and the Monster Mash. All right, that's all the talk. That's everything I got. All right, so let's do some music. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't want to say I don't like 50s music. That's not fair. But some of that boogie-woogie Boom 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 I can only take so much of that. So we're we're gonna try to do something different. I like to think that the fifties are kind of wearing their own Halloween costume, right? Cause he had the artifice on the outside of the white picket fence, the perfect nuclear family, the manicured lawn. But then if you peel that away, of course, underneath everybody's still just as messed up, dysfunctional, and you know, as any other era. So that's that's the the Halloween connection. So I thought we would start with some music tonight that sounds like that '50s sound, you know, that we're all accustomed to, and then slowly we're gonna peel away those layers and get to the the dark, you know, shrivelly crypt keeper like underbelly of the 1950s. Starting it off with a doo wop block. Stick around for the doo wop block. Maybe y'all think that doo-wop is a certain kind of thing. I'm gonna try to play you some doo-wop that's maybe a little left to center here on the the 1950s. Play it by year with Duff Dixon. Stick around. <laughs>
3: A cat named Joe. He wears a red bandana, plays a blue piano in a honky tonk down in Mexico. He wears a purple throat. sash and a black <gro> mustache <consuming noise> <ticanic> in, in a honky <sunlight> tonk down in Mexico. There's well, the first time that I saw him, he was a sitting on a piano stool. His eye and said, man, be cool. He wears a red bandana, plays a blues piano in a honky tongue down in Mexico. He wears a purple sash and a black mustache in a honky tongue down in Mexico. In Mexico. All of a sudden in walks some of- chick. in Mexico, so before. So if you're south of the border, I mean a down in Mexico, and you want to get straight, man, don't hesitate. Just look up a cat named Joe. He wears a red bandana, plays a blues piano in a honky tonk down in
2: Mexico.
3: He wears a bandana a black mustache, in a honky tonk,
2: down in Mexico.
3: Yeah, oh. hey, come, hey, come with me to the border, south of the border, that is, in Mexico. Yeah, right, like Mexico. Yeah,
0: you can get your kicks in Mexico. Come with me, it?
2: Come with me. <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: uh, I crashed in the jungle while I was trying to keep a date with my little girl who was uh, back in the states. I was stranded in the jungle, uh, afraid and alone, trying to figure a way to get a message back home. But I was out of know that the wreckage of my plane had been picked up and spotted in my girl in Lover's Lane. And meanwhile, back in the States... back in the jungle The boys in the jungle had me on the run When something heavy hit me like an atomic bomb When I woke up and my head started to clear I had a strange feeling I was with cooking gear I smelled something cooking and I looked to see That's when I found out they was uh, cooking me Meanwhile, back in the States,
3: baby, baby, let's make romance. You know, your old child loves not got a chance. He's standing in the jungle, glad he can be. So come on, pretty baby, just you and me.
5: And meanwhile, back in the jungle, I jumped out the pot and I finally got away, frantic and worried about what my baby would say, So I jumped in the ocean and started to swim, for my chance of survival was getting mighty slim. So I thumbed down a whale who was in my way, and I reached the States in about a half a day. And when I got to Lovell's Lane, I was almost dead, but my soul was gone, and here's what I said.
6: Second 1953 I was serving time for armed robbery At four o'clock in the morning I was sleeping in my cell I heard a whistle blow Then I heard somebody yell There's a
2: going on
6: trouble started in cell block number foul and spread like fire across the prison flower i said okay boys getting ready to run here come the warden with the tommy gun Said, come out with your hands up in the air. If you don't stop this riot, you all gonna get the chair. Scarface Jones said it's too late to quit. Pass the dynamite, cause the views is lit. Never mind, boy. the 47th hour the tear gas got our men we're all back in ourselves but every now and then
7: Dum 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 doo dum dum doo dum do do softly, darling, come to me, stay, you my obsession forever and a day, Ooh. I want, want you to know, I love, I love you so. I'm not
0: Welcome back to Spooky Sunday on Play It By Year, the 50s night. You just heard the doo-wop block. And what did you listen to? Well, you just heard Come Softly to Me by the Fleetwoods. Before that was Riot and Cell Block number nine by the Robins and Stranded in the Jungle by the Cadets. And we began that block with Down in Mexico by the Coasters. I don't know, man. I mean, kind of cool. Maybe a little culturally dated in some of its depictions. But I mean, when I think doo I think shabop shabop. I love you. It's just interesting to hear a little bit more dynamic writing and performance happening within that genre. Folks, as you know, on the show, I like to do uh, music. I like to have fun. I like to have collars. Sometimes I like to have... Like an interview, like I'm a real talk show host and have like a public persona on the show. And, uh, I'm actually real excited about this, this guest that I have today for somewhat personal reasons, but let me bring him on. Uh, my guest here, he was a writer for Jimmy Kimmel live. He, he sort of transitioned away from that. And now he's kind of this influential and maybe controversial voice on Twitter. He also hosts a podcast, a really good podcast called Struggle Session. Uh and uh, and he's got a show called Jack AM that he does with his wife Kate Rath. Jack Allison, welcome to play it by ear. Uh hi, thanks uh thanks for having me. That was yeah, it's quite the introduction. That, that about wraps it up. I guess I guess you can just <laughs> go now. Everybody got all the context they need, right? <laughs> yeah, that's you. You really you really covered all of it. It's like a whole Wikipedia. Yeah, well I mean I think it was probably about the length of your Wikipedia article, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It's here's a weird thing. Last week on the show, Jack, I had Mike Mitchell as my guest and he's your former roommate. Oh, yeah. Now wow. I got okay. you.
8: Well yeah, it, you got both of us. We you know, I can't go back to that apartment anymore because he replaced
0: me with two cats, uh, and I'm <laughs> I'm deathly allergic. You could never live up to Wally and Irma. I, I'm sorry <laughs> really to say couldn't. it, man. I really couldn't, it's true. If they could speak into a microphone, you would not be here today. I would be, ta- I'd be talking to Wally and Irma wow. right now. Wow! I, it wow. does make me feel yeah. like I've like I've set some kind of a dangerous precedent for myself. And like next week, I got I got to get somebody on who's got some tertiary connection to your life, and just like <laughs> yeah, I guess keep this could try to get my going. wife or something. I mean, I don't know. Now it's like now you're just going
8: down some sort of you know a weird rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, I, I'll try to pull myself out of it. I wanted to. Okay, so. My goal here, Jack, is that this powwow we have today, I would love it to be a healing experience for me, because I've been following you on Twitter for a long time now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, I guess I would term it a very complicated relationship with your Twitter, Jack. (laughs) Okay. I laugh a lot. Uh I agree. I agree much more often than I disagree. And yet, I just—I find myself getting to be in my bonnet. I find myself getting all steamy under the collar, and and then having these like long debates with myself in my head about like things that things like tone and things like the state of the discourse and things like that so i'm just looking forward to maybe this will give us some spiritual relief on the subject of jack allison just finally talking to you (laughs) yeah sure sure that sounds fine to me i'm always looking for spiritual
8: relief you know whenever i whenever i can attain it frankly
0: i think the, the the key to unlocking you in my head the thing that I most want to know about, and and this might not actually be as illuminating as I hope it will be, but I would love to know what was your spot on, you know, the higher the social totem pole uh, in high school. Were you like, <laughs> were you like, were you feared? Were you were you like the bottom rung? Who who is who is Jack in the high school ecosystem?
8: Well, you know, I. I
0: my high school was to be honest with you really
8: like like prison you know what i mean like i went to like a, a bad public school in los angeles and so i don't know <clears throat> at least in my eyes how much that there was like school wide characters or anything like that you know what I mean because like you know there were like riots going on and stuff like that um I think I think I was like a little stinker or something like that but I, I I wasn't around that much like I did I did some little stinker stuff like you know I got the most uh uh people to be um, in a, um, uh, uh, the class photos when they were doing all the class photos, I got the most people in one club because I just got, went around asking people, telling them they could miss fourth period if they would come and be in my club photo. So oh, I was able to vintage.
0: beat all that's of so the good. like.
8: The college clubs and stuff like that, and another. I mean, but I wasn't like feared or anything because I really like kept to myself and my friends. You know what I mean? Because it was like I just like kind of went over to the corner where my friends were, and in a lot of classes I just like ducked my head
0: low and didn't say anything because it was a pretty fucked up school. <laughs> I listen, Jack. I I one hundred percent agree with you on the on the the crushing, the soul crushing like vibe and presence of public schooling. In fact, almost all of the public schools. Were designed by the same state yeah, contractors no, who build the like prisons. I went to prison for four years. Is how I But kind I of do want to. I gotta cut in, and I gotta say, I do have a policy on this show to try to avoid blue language whenever we can. Jack. Oh, Okay, I'm sorry now, about that. What which blue language did I use? I can't even remember. You dropped an f-bomb. You did oh, so boy. mindlessly, and I and it was not hateful in its <laughs> use, but. But it's not like if you decide, I don't care about you and, and I don't care about your rules, and you decide to just go, I'm not hanging up on you. It's still your time. I'm just saying, you know. Sure, sure, these sure, are, sure. These are the, the posts well, we try to stay with. I will try my him. best. I will try my best not to cuss. Hey, listen. Coot. Everybody respects it when somebody is given an effort. That's all we want. Here, hey, listen. You know? you know,
8: all it does is kind of show, you know, the lack of someone's vocabulary, to be honest with you. You can't find a more creative word than an F bomb. It's kind of embarrassing.
0: Yeah, but also just like there's the constant buffer of low-grade social anxiety, and you're just trying to rely on the things that are like nervous tics, like um. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's absolutely right. You're right. I, about that. I, I overuse the word ostensibly a lot for the same reason. Like people all the time,
8: I'm getting messages on Twitter where people are are saying to me. You know you should shouldn 't say "like so much," you say it every other word, and it 's horrible and i'm like
0: i just really i don 't know what to tell you i'm sorry <laughs> I, here's here 's a hot take i 'm very pro conversational like i think it's it's it gives a good rhythm to a sentence, but anyhow one of one of the things that you've you've talked about on Twitter that I find and also also on your shows that I find like really compelling. It's sort of since you've left The Kimmel Show, you've been very outspoken about kind of the ways that the entertainment industry can be, not unlike public schooling, a crushing environment for yeah. for writers and creative people. What is What's like one thing people don't know or don't think about working in that field that you wish there was kind of more awareness around?
8: Well, you know, I actually do think that when people kind of like want these jobs so much and I am someone who wanted these jobs so much you know what I mean Uh, uh, growing up and even like doing comedy for such for a long time uh, and at Funny or Die and everything like that I thought that I wanted one of these jobs and I kind of and you kind of like it becomes you know sort of a trophy unto itself just to have one of these things and like a feather in your cap to be there. And so I guess in general, I think people don't think and I certainly didn't think about like what the job actually is. You know what I mean? And kind of like, you know, how all encompassing it is. Um, I guess what I would say is on a show like Kimmel or these kind of daily shows or really, you know, you know, and even these are union shows, but like the union doesn't have a requirement on how long they can work you. You know, the writers, the um, the the teams like not the teamsters, but, you know, the grip union and, uh, you know, iAtsy, they have requirements on, you know, how long they have to be able to sleep and stuff like that. And, you know, how long they have to be between shifts. But these writing jobs can just keep you you know, really at the behest of whoever is the showrunner and, you know, whatever their kind of sanity level is, uh, uh, as long as they want. So, you know, uh, uh, as gilded as these jobs are, you know, and as stupid as they seem from the outside and as easy as they seem from the outside, you know, these showrunners know how much you're getting paid, um, and it's the most important thing in the fucking world to them, these shows, and, you know, there can be a disregard for work-life balance, you know, sort of as a requirement to even hold the gig. Um, And, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money, so you can look at that and be like, well, you're getting paid this much, but just over time, that can really sort of, like, degrade... That can really fucking, you know, if you do one of these jobs for like 10 years or something like that,
0: that can like really fuck up your head, I think. I think. I uh, think you're up to a full dollar now for the swear jar, by the I'm way, Jack. Sorry, I, I'm I so think sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to have you to donate $1 Unicef to UNICEF as a result. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do think that people tell. People live their own lives in a narrative way. They try to insert themselves into an ongoing kind of film about themselves. And they do look at at getting one of these, you know, like you say, like a gilded job is like, this is the story of my life. Right. Act one, I want to be a comedian when I grow up. Act two, I'm really doing it now. Act three, I get the dream job. The end. Right.
8: Right? And so I'm like, and so I got... To that and I, and that is like very nice. That's such a gilded position, but I kind of got to that, and I was like, I actually hate the end. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. what happens? Yeah. When you get there, and you're like, I'm taking stock, and I'm actually miserable
0: in my life. You know what What, I hap- mean? Like, what happens unhappy? to Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson after the credits roll? They probably right. it's not all sugar plums after that. You imagine
8: for sure, and so it's like you know, even to complain about this stuff, even to talk about this stuff, you know, is these are obviously very well-paid positions. There are positions that, you know, not a lot of people are able to get and everything like that. But it's just like, you know, I guess to my mind, I'm like, the people that run Hollywood are not, like as nice of people as they'd like to sort of uh, uh, represent uh, you know with their public facing you know and uh, uh, politics and everything like that and there's a lot of labor exploitation and you know sort of you know yeah there's a lot of labor exploitation that goes on in Hollywood from the top to the bottom whether it's you know when I was working at Funny or Die and getting paid like $300 to write stuff that ended up being like national commercials or whether it's you know when you're writing for the Emmys and then the guy who's like writing the Emmys is like, okay, everybody only gets to sleep for five hours before you have to be back for the day of the Emmys. You know what I mean? It's like, there's, it's just like a little bit dehumanizing at every level in the in the entertainment industry.
0: It is, it's anti-human and there is like a the fear of the of the the kind of person who becomes so public facing, you know, like right. obviously recently we've had the the kind of major Ellen backlash that's finally been building. Sure. Uh, kind of on this topic, I wanted to talk to you about Michael Che. Uh, <laughs> so you've got a you got a feud with Michael Che that's been going on for a while. You wrote I, this. I, I, don't,
8: I wouldn't characterize it as still going on, to be honest with you. It's been uh, at squashed, least in my perspective. Say. I'm sorry. Have you squashed it or just moved on? I, I, for me, I have fully moved on. You know, I wrote an article about it, and that for me was going to be my end of the story. Like, I don't really want to engage with this guy. He posted about me like once or twice since then, and I just don't want to have anything to do with it. To be honest with you,
0: I, I wrote should, a piece let's, about let's it. Catch, let's catch. Let's at least last... catch the people up here. For I want sure. to. I want to I let the listeners in. on Michael Che, he's the head writer of Saturday Night Live. That's he's right. on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I, I can't even remember how this kind of started. I think it just started with you kind of maybe tweeting like many of us do that SNL wasn't funny.
8: No, I honestly, this one is so weird because listen, I never even tried to get into it with Michael Che, who I think really sucks as the head writer of SNL is Colin Jost. That's what my complaint has been. I think Colin Jost sucks. I think Michael Che can be funny, but he is like definitely overseeing a show that is not funny. Um, and so what happened, how it got started with me and Michael Che is that I noticed that on the SNL submissions guidelines, you know, they had a weird thing in the fine print about how if you submit to SNL, basically any part of your social media is considered part of the submission. And I was like, well, that's odd. And that's not in, you know, any other submission packet, but you're which means that
0: essentially they could say we own this, right?
8: Yes. Or like if something is very similar to yours or something, even if it's unintentional, it's like, they're basically giving themselves an out with like every comedian who applies to SNL, uh, um, to ever, you know, be you know any complaint of of stealing from them and i don't think they really do steal from people but i think it can sometimes happen by osmosis and stuff like that it's not like i think this was like a great plan they were hatching to like steal hundreds of ideas from people or something like that you know what i mean i just was pointing out i'm like this is odd language that i've never seen in writing submission you know uh legal uh, uh stuff before
0: and then, <laughs> and then, so basically, Che just said like nobody talks smack about my boy, and he sort of well, came I at Well, I didn't even you.
8: post about Colin Jost is the thing. I was just posting about the SNL submission packet. And granted, I've posted about SNL before and how I think it sucks and stuff like that. And so I think Che saw my post and then also searched my profile for like posts about SNL, and he saw my posts about SNL and how I think the show is really bad. <laughs> I don't know what do you want me to say. Um, and he posted about me a bunch, and it became a month's long, you know, back and forth, And I, where I would sort of be pinged by people who are like, Michael Che is talking about you on his Instagram stories again. And that was another very odd thing about it, is he was on Instagram stories, and I was on Twitter, and I would kind of post pictures of his Instagram stories, and he and I went back and forth for a very long time. He rejoined Twitter at one point, um, and yeah eventually you know i was asked by the outline to write a sort of like you know wrap-up piece about what the fuck was going on it is interesting that the head writer of snl is posting about you all the time and uh it's a so really I good that. article
0: I, re- I recommend people go find it i think it's called like live from new york michael Che's weird vendetta against me or something like yeah, that something
8: like that yeah it was an editor chosen title it's a great it's a good piece and i you know i have i really have to hand it to the editors at the outline uh, uh, Noah Colwyn and uh, uh, Brandy Jensen, you know, uh, uh, did a lot of great edits on that piece. I really can't claim that I'm like, like it's a better piece than it would have been if it was just me writing it. Um, but yeah, like you know, and he's posted about me since then and stuff like that. It got to very personal shit where he was like posting DMs from someone who I, you know, have a, a beef with who was saying that I like do coke and stuff like that. And I was
0: like, well, this is a very... Gotten to a very
8: weird place where, like, that is uh, a weird place, place for Ryan things to go, especially,
0: the especially when the, the power fight. dynamic is kind of so asymmetrical, it, it, you know. Very weird. It's very weird, and you know, it is what it is. I don't really like to get into it with Michael Che anymore. I
8: i do like to sometimes say that I don't think the SNL show is good, and especially their political stuff is uh, pretty embarrassing.
0: It is uh, the official platform of Play It By Year with Duff Dixon that SNL is bad, so you're yeah. 100% uh, in the right place here. <laughs> I actually sorry, I got a call coming in right okay. now. Sure. And I want I just want to make sure that it's not something important or maybe somebody wants to ask you a question. Uh caller, you're on the line with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to?
9: Hi, yes, this is Cheyenne. Hi, hey.
0: Cheyenne. Are you here to talk Hi. to Jack today?
9: No. Um the bylaws of my um fan clip say I have to address it all to, to you if Jack is on the line. Specifically you, if Jack is on the line? Yes. Okay, of I'm what sorry. Well, who uh,
0: what well, do you call what is what is this call about?
9: So, I am calling as a high-ranking member of three prominent Michael Che fan groups. I am the uh, okay. I am the founder/president of Cheese Chicks and the vice president of the Cheaniacs wow. and and the director of hazing at che Nation, aka the Chation.
8: <laughs> wow. Okay, wow, so we you got... like the, you're like the Foul Pals. You're like the the che, the Michael Che Foul Pals. Like you have can't to... she can't address me. I understand.
0: Okay, yeah, he he said you're like the foul pals, like Jimmy Fallon's foul pals. Is that, uh, is that a good analog for what you are?
9: I'm not familiar, but sure.
0: Uh, okay, well, I, I think you mentioned that you were the director of hazing at one of these clubs. Can we, I just got to push you for a little bit more information on what that entails.
9: Yes, it's actually called chasing.
0: Oh, okay.
9: Um, And all new pledges. You know, they have to just ritualistically humiliate themselves to gain acceptance into our club. It's very simple. Oh, oh wow.
0: Wow. Okay. So, this is some real frat stuff. C- can you just Nixium. give me a little Nixium Yeah. Here. Definitely Greek life, but Michael Chase style. Uh, c- can you give me like an example of something that a pledge would have to do?
9: It's not really that big of a deal, but you know, you just shave all the hair off your head and your face and your body, and then you break off. All contact with your friends and family
1: mm.
9: and then you take a small green pill three times a day that makes it so you can't get sexually aroused anymore. It's very simple.
0: Wow. Okay. okay. Wow. I feel like there's going to be a Netflix documentary about this fan club eventually, but um, okay. Well, hey, you're you said here. this is a Facebook group. I'm sorry. Can you ask her? She said this is a Facebook group. Is this, is this group on Facebook or what's how do, how do y'all interface with one another?
9: It's mostly on OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> okay, it's an OnlyFans group. Okay, sure. Oh, so you're recruiting on OnlyFans. Okay, very cool. Uh,
8: very, that's, very, very good it's stuff.
0: very media savvy. Uh, can I ask, is there something in particular you're calling about? I assume that because of your affiliations, you, you've you got a problem with Jack's opinion. I'm willing to give you some time here to talk about that.
9: Well, you know, I'm not going to sit idly by and watch us uh, besmirch the good name of Michael Che, okay, you know. He's the preeminent comedy genius of our era. Uh-huh. And I,
0: uh, argue I guess that's subjective, but go on. Well, yeah, sure. It's a matter of opinion.
9: Well, I don't think Jack would understand this, but real comedy is when all your bits have the same sarcastic and flat intonation <laughs> instead of actual punchlines. Uh-huh.
8: Yeah. Like, just a vibe, kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Like, real life, right? It's so <laughs> I can I can give you a brilliant example from Michael Che. One of his incredible jokes from Weekend Update. Uh, Yeah,
0: sure. That's fine. Go for it. Please.
9: Okay. Quote, it was reported that Tom Cruise is working with SpaceX and NASA to film the first movie ever shot in space. Mm -hmm. Shot in space? uh, Space jam? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, we all just laughed.
0: Oh, So, he said said space jam?
9: I I guess I'm
0: not sure. Is he saying that space jam? Jack, maybe you can break this down. You're a former mm-hmm. professional comedy writer. Is he saying that Space Jam itself was principal photography in space or is he making like a pun about taking a basketball shot in space? I I actually think this one might
8: be going over my head. Is okay. what I think. I think that I might not be I might my I'm I may be I, I'm I am i I'm not ready to analyze this because you know I haven't worked in comedy in a couple of years and so this might be like some new to some new type of material that I don't understand yet.
0: He's operating on a very advanced wavelength here, or yeah. maybe maybe uh Cheyenne, you might say a chave length. Is that something yeah. you might say?
9: I would. yes. The,
0: all right. The, the audience laughed, right? So I mean if then it it was funny, right? According to Cheyenne, we all laugh. So uh, okay. it's I mean I guess it's a pretty good one. Uh yeah. Is there anything else that you, I mean, you just want to read Weekend Update jokes, Cheyenne, or is well, there anything else?
9: No, I actually have an October surprise.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-oh.
9: That's what our <laughs> okay, fan All right. it. There's three bombshells about Jack Allison that are so incriminating that they will completely discredit him to all your listeners.
0: Oh, oh shit. boy. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Jack, I'm sorry. I Look, I have her on. Please it's cut her the time. line if you don't mind. I, I feel like, to be fair, I got to give her all the right. floor. I
8: understand. That's fine.
0: All right, let's hear him.
9: Well, number one is he said mean things about like a sweetheart Michael Ian Black on Twitter.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm, look, I don't. Maybe I'm not pro saying mean things as a as a general rule, but Michael, Michael Ian, Ian Black, Black is
8: really friendly with the McCain's.
0: <laughs> he's he's a. Uh... He's something else. Look, uh, maybe some of the listeners are are off board on that. Do you got another one? You said you had three, right? I like Stella, I should say. Oh, I I love Stella. Stella was extremely. I like Wet Hot American Summer.
8: You know, the comedy of Michael Ian Black is great. But go ahead. You got another one?
9: Yes. Number two, he made fun of the Queeby streaming service for going out of business after less than a year. It's too soon. (laughs) That's
8: not fair. It was less than half of a year. Okay, right. Yeah. A little Uh, slightly uh, over half a year, to be honest. Look, Uh,
0: as a a fledgling media venture myself, I, I, I hesitate to throw my hat into that ring, but... I do think it's objectively funny that that happened.
8: I'm not legally allowed to say the name of that streaming service. Um, (laughs) So... You know, if people are offended by that, you know, moving forward, it's not going to be a problem because I have a a legal sort of Damocles hanging over my head as far as all that's concerned.
0: That's understandable. Yeah, you gotta you gotta a, what do they call it? A bite? Something they call it in the legal world. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh,
8: I have a yeah. I I I don't know what it's called either. A choke <laughs> a choke
0: order? Choking? I don't remember, man. Yeah. Somebody on Wikipedia can tell me, or if you're listening in the chat. Uh, speaking of the chat, Cheyenne. So far these. October surprise bombshells. I mean, mate, I don't think that the vast majority of our listenership would be too disturbed by them.
9: Well, yeah, you know, I heard number three. Okay. Okay. So he said that the PlayStation Vita was better than the Nintendo switch as a handheld, as a
8: handheld system, not as a two in one TV system. I'm not saying the PSTV is better than the switch. I'm saying as a handheld system with the OLED screen, the hand feel is better. As a handheld, I think the Vita might edge out the switch.
0: I, I can't support this. I cannot. <laughs> I can't have your back on this. If you Jack. like visual novels like how I do, if you like stuff
8: like Oh Day yeah, Lampa, visual
0: novels about how I was, a I was a teenage loser. And look, I found this girl's panties. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Jack?
8: Uh, you know, I like Japanese games, so I, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it at I like Japanese
0: games. Disgusting, Cheyenne. I think that you have fully <laughs> annihilated the character of Jack I'm Allison canceled. today. I'm canceled. I appreciate you calling into the show, Cheyenne and Jack. Thank you so much for your time. This was such a pleasure to have you on. It's fine, yeah. It's unfortunate I was canceled, but, you know, it's all right. I, You know, it's a small price to play for being on this show that reaches hundreds of people. Oh, good. Uh I really appreciate your time, man. And I do think that this time we spent together is gonna really color the way that I read your tweets, and i'll and I'll kind of think, "Oh I- shucks instead of hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> Well, listen, I know what works on the platform, so that's 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 all you're gonna say. you would you talk you talk different in real life and then you talk different on Twitter, and you know what works well on the
0: platform. I feel it. I say dudes a lot more on Twitter than I do in real life. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you oh, so much for coming on the show. Enough talk. Yep. 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 Always. Yep. 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 And let's get back into the music. I know y'all's are big <laughs> fans of the oldies, so we're gonna keep it going here on the fifties episode. Spooky Sunday. Remember, this is a spooky Sunday, and it really will be. We're we're gonna do a close harmony block. Close harmony, exactly what it sounds like. One or more, two or more people singing harmonies, uh, with one another in a very close proximity, and the notes that they're singing. This is a cool. I, I hesitate to call it a genre because it spans so many genres, like rock and roll, traditional pop, vocal jazz, uh, bluegrass, and country pop. So you're gonna hear a few different uh, approaches to the close harmony uh, style. But by the end, by the end of this block, y'all. Your hair will turn bone white It's going to start getting chilling As we unravel The white picket fence artifice Of the image of the 1950s Here on Play It By Year With the Close Harmony Block With me, Duff Dixon
1: Wake up, little Susie Wake up Wake up, little Susie Wake up Tickle our friends when they say Ooh la la, wake up pretty Susie Wake up pretty Susie Well, I told your mama that Wake up, wake up, please, Susie! Wake up! The movie wasn't so hot. It didn't have much of a plot. We fell asleep, our goose is cooked, our reputation is shot. Wake up, little Susie! Wake up, little Susie! Well, what are we gonna tell your mama? Well, what are we gonna tell your papa?
3: I wake up,
1: please, Susie,
2: wake up, please, Susie, wake up, please, Susie. Dream away, dream all your cares away.
1: Dream away, dream all your cares away. You could do the do
4: For guidance from above Lead us not into temptation Bless this hour of meditation Guide him with eternal love There's a village Hidden deep in the valley Beneath the mountains high above And there, twenty years thereafter Jimmy was to meet his love the chapel bells were ringing, twas a great day in his life, cause the songs that they were singing, was for Jimmy and his wife. Then the little congregation, prayed for guidance from above. Lead us not into temptation. Bless, O Lord, this celebration. May their lives be filled with love. A lonely bell was ringing In the little valley town T'was farewell that it was singing To our good old Jimmy Brown Brown. And the little congregation Prayed for guidance from above Lead us not into temptation, may his soul find the salvation of thy great eternity.
3: can see him and hear him in this world every day. Satan is real, working with
1: power.
10: He can tempt you and lead you astray. I attended service at a little church in the country not long ago prayer was led by an old country preacher who then raised his hands as everyone stood and sang, My God is real. A warm breeze through the open windows brought in the smell of new-mown hay in a nearby field, and the singing of birds could be heard in the moment of silence as the preacher opened his Bible to read. And then a little old man stood up, bent with age, his hair thin and white, and said, preacher tell them that satan is real too you can hear him in songs that give praise to idols and sinful things of this world you can see him in the destruction of homes torn apart i know that satan is real for once i had a happy home i was loved and respected by my family i was looked upon as a leader in my community and then Satan came into my life. I grew selfish and unneighborly. My friends turned against me, and finally my home was broken apart. My children took their paths into a world of sin. Yes, preacher, it's sweet to know that God is real and to know that in him all things are possible. And we know that heaven is a real place where joy shall never end. But sinner friend, if you're here today, Satan is real too. And hell is a real place, a place of everlasting punishment. Satan is real.
0: Play it by year. The fifties close harmony block who really took a turn there at the end. Uh, you just heard, Oh, you know, what occurred to me. I should be saying the years after all these, right? Well, it's too late to do it for do what, but let's do it for this one. You just heard the Leuven brothers with Satan is real from 1959 Ex- opinions expressed by the Leuven brothers, not necessarily reflective of he- us here at play it by year, uh, before that the bells by the browns from 1959 and the clark sisters with dream uh and uh we began that block with the everly brothers little Susie." interesting how that style did sort of permeate so many unique and, and separate uh styles of music let's take our first like you know real call because we do those calls on this uh i got a caller on the line right now. Caller, you're on with Play It By Year, Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey there, Duff. This is Richard. Richard, a friend of the show. Always welcome to call. Richard, good to hear your voice. It always, uh, well, I was going to say soothing. Maybe that's not the word for it. But always good to hear your voice. Uh, <laughs> w- I, are you excited for, for uh, the, the Halloween uh, festivities to begin?
11: Uh, well, you know, Halloween is very... Very mystical and mysterious time of year,
0: Duff. Which brings me to, so as as if you're listening and you haven't listened in a while, Richard, uh, he calls in to guess what the cataclysm is. Of course, that's the event that results in the destruction of all life on Earth, the extinction of life on Earth. I'm not allowed to say what it is, so he tries to guess. If he gets it right, I don't say nothing, but I can say no. And we, we added this new wrinkle to it, where in order for you to make your guess, Richard, I get to ask you a question about yourself. so I like get to know you better.
11: Uh, under protest. Uh, I'm a very private man, but it seems only fair to be given you know information about the future.
0: Well, I decided to tie this into our seasonal observance for this week, Richard. I, here's my big question for you this week. What are you afraid of? what scares you?
11: What scares me uh, okay and again I'll, I'll just give you a I'll give you thirty words that's a three zero all right uh, so in order least to most all right living a useless unimportant life insidious disease rot right from within failing those I care about. <laughs> Unimaginable terrors beyond the veil. <laughs> Lastly, nothing, cowards! I'm invincible.
0: <laughs> All right, Richard. I feel like we gained right. we gained some new insight. All right, man, hit me with that guess.
11: <laughs> okay, so my guess this week: enough. Uh, does the Lord of Skulls, weary of his endless vigil atop his bony parapet, take flight? from Skeletown and begin to devour the denizens of our world, looking to establish a new domain of fleshy servants to rule. The the Lord of Skulls does not do that. Sorry, you didn't hit this
0: week. You ever think Uh, about like, you ever think about like trying to herd in your answers a little bit, you know, maybe rule out some things like, uh, you know, is it fire? Is it, you know, that kind of thing?
11: Well, sometimes I think about that, but, you know, I had to bump this one up the list for tonight, Duff, because, you know, this is Halloween. This and I, is and Halloween. I guess,
0: and I guess if it was the Lord of Skulls, you'd need the full year between now and the, the Cataclysm to prepare yourself for the battle. Uh, yeah. yeah. So normally I would ask if you want to hang out and do the do the discussion questions, but I, I imagine based on your past history, you're ju- you just want to go. Oh yeah, okay. He hung up. Uh I do have that was a little bit short. Let's do another one. I got another call in, so what the heck? Hey caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Hey, this is
12: Angie.
0: Hey, Angie I remember you, Angie. Angie. <laughs> you called him before Hello? you had a you had a shameful thong related secret about Limpizk. I remember you. <laughs>
12: Yeah, that's me. Same
0: girl. Welcome Same to Spooky girl. Sunday, on play by your Angie. All right, I'm gonna refresh you because I want you to do the discussion topics. I got it's a grab bag okay. this time, so you got three distinct questions. You got to answer all three of them for me. <coughs> uh, they are as follows: What was your favorite candy to get while trick or treating? What was the best Halloween costume you ever wore? And finally, F Mary kill. Ghostbusters theme, thriller, and the monster mash. Angie start with the candy question if you will.
12: All right. So I was thinking about this when after you mentioned it earlier, and I I really I know I grew up in the eighties, so I really always like kind of the more obscure candies. Like, I like the Bitto Honey and the Almond Joys. Bitto they were Honey could be a,
0: can be a <laughs> tooth wrecker. That can do some real damage to the teeth, the Bitto Honey.
12: Yeah, I think it's because I was like an elderly person trapped in a trick or treater's body. But, um.
0: <laughs> Wernher's original kid. <laughs>
12: <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not raisins, we're good. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think those are my favorite cause it, it, it was like, um, you didn't get them. You know, I don't even know if anyone even, is Bitto Honey still a thing?
0: I couldn't tell you. I can't touch the stuff anymore too sweet, but I, but you know, who wouldn't want a little candy that tastes like honey got a bee on it? I mean, that's, that's a fun one, right? Uh, here's here's the yeah, next it's like one. like
12: taffy for the elders. Costume.
0: Hit me with okay, the best I'm Halloween ready. costume.
12: Okay. So... I'm thinking it's weird because, you know, as a child, it was like the severely toxic plastic mask with the matching apron. So it'd be like a generic bear character that was just like not licensed. Those tended to be <laughs> costumes, you know? Yeah, uh, of course. But then I do, I remember fourth grade uh, being a devil, and everyone else was like Ariel from Little Mermaid. Sorry, and, I was, a, like, a devil, and I was like a devil. Being a
0: what, Say again?
12: A devil, a devil, like the Satan. Satan yeah, is real, and as the Lubin brothers. I, like. I kind of, <laughs> I stuck out, and I'm just. I remember I had red face paint and everything, and I looked terrifying. Um, but it wasn't blackface, at least. Like I can say that I've never done that. Yeah, not least, like so.
0: a shameful frat party <laughs> where you end up on some sort of yeah. a, a highlight reel at the end of a movie that's supposed to make us all think. You know what I mean?
12: Yeah, there's no there's no Halloween photos that are going to come up to destroy me. But um I don't know like as an adult, I think my favorite ones were the ones I, I just put it together like before I left the house with what I could and is I was Angie Warhol. <laughs> Angie Warhol. That's great. pretty
0: good. <laughs> that's not bad.
12: It was a good a one.
0: a fifteen minute yeah, costume, good. as well as his famous quote about fifteen minutes of fame. Not bad there.
12: <laughs> oh, how did I not put that together? Oh, I love that. This is why I listen to your show because you can find those little nuggets. Um, yeah, that one was one of my favorites. There was another one that was like a family costume situation where the you know the year like if Siegfried like and Roy like one of them got attacked by the tiger. oh yeah
0: I believe it was Roy. Um,
12: yeah okay so, uh my fella and i dressed, had these amazing costumes and then we had a toddler who dressed as the white tiger um and oh he was all God. bloody and so as <laughs> so his husband and but he refused to wear the head Terrified of it, so everyone thought we were ice skaters and that he was a zebra. So it didn't land as well as we but wanted it to. conceptually, you were
0: at least ambitious. Like a like a what's Richard? That got Richard somebody who makes those movies like Donnie Darko and Southland Tales, where they swing really big, but maybe they don't fully <laughs> connect. You got to at least appreciate the effort, right?
12: exactly okay f Mary, kill
0: you got ghostbusters you got uh thriller and you got the monster mash take me through your choices here
12: all right i'm gonna marry the monster mash because i feel like it's a classic it's a halloween loyalist it's not like from a movie or actually maybe it is and i don't know that but it's just such a classic you know what i mean like it's not going to leave you. It's always there. I feel like it's a good one to like as a baseline. Reli- Old oh, reliable. Song.
0: That's Marian material.
12: Yeah, um, and I feel I don't know the F. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Ghostbusters because I feel like um, it's kind of like the fun guy at the party. You know, like he's an alcoholic. He's definitely not going to stick around, but he's a good time. But, like, you don't want to hear that all the time, you know? I, I so it's think just that like people a, overlook a how
0: much thing. of a sexual energy that song has, except for there is that one remix artist. I think his name's Neil Ciceriga. He did a version of that song where he really leaned on the fact that Ray Parker Jr. at one point sings, Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good.
12: <laughs> that is also one of the reasons I chose it for F, because I feel like that line alone.
0: I mean, you know, he's bringing something to the table,
12: speaks for itself.
0: At At least Ghostbusters theme is going to get its. It might not give you yours, but it's (laughs) going to get its. So, I mean, something's going to happen, right? Which leaves, unfortunately, that leaves Thriller to die.
12: Do you have anything to say about that? I'm really sorry about that. It's hard, you know? But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, Kill Thriller because, like, it's in, you know, kind of the spirit of the song as well. But also, like, I don't need to be involved in that kind of, like, uh drama you know what i mean like the the drama that comes behind uh, the artist yeah, and everything if, so if, i think i'll just leave that one aside we'll just kill that one although it is a great song um yeah i think that one's got to go
0: if if you're if the mj jam comes on and you're the one who's like dancing the hardest mm-hmm. to it people are worried like oh what does she like does she forgive him for all of his stuff you know what i mean right. but if you're going to yeah, murder totally. if you're going to kill thriller remember you got to aim for the head because they are, it is a zombie, which means...
12: Uh, it, it's hard, too, because I really like that little dance, the little claw. Oh, it's a great. Like I'm,
0: doing it right I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it currently in my chair.
12: I'm doing it, too. This is great. If you're listening at home,
0: <laughs> do that really dance in your chair. Just no rhythm. Just kind of let your body swing. Excellent yeah, answers. Thanks for hanging <laughs> out on the Halloween episode and <laughs> Play It By Year, you, Angie. You're a good friend of the show. Call back anytime. Uh, we're going to get back into the music on play it by year. Okay. Now that, now that we've gotten to Satan is real by the Leuven brothers, I'm ready to strip away this white picket fence exterior and get into the, the meat of the 1950s underbelly. We're going to begin that journey with this block, the experimental big band block. I bet bet that's a a series of words you've never even thought of before. Uh, Big band music, of course. You hear the word big band, and if you're like me in your head, you immediately hear... (inaudible) So this music is... Imagine if you took all those same musicians who were making that song... You dosed them all with high-grade LSD, and you said, take me on a journey into the cosmos. And uh, we're going to get through that journey right now on the experimental big band block here on Play It By Year with me, Duff Dixon, The 50s. (laughs) Paramel Big Band here on Play It By Year. That was quite the ride. Uh, you just heard the Souter Finnegan Orchestra with Rain from 1952. Before that, Stan Kenton with Thermopylae from 51 uh, and Moondog with Dog Trot from 55. And we started out that block with Pete Rugolo, music for hi fi bugs. Definitely one of the better. Uh, song titles I've played on this uh, show so far. I I think I'm in the mood for taking another call. I'm just feeling social, I guess. I do have one on the line. You're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff. Um, uh, big fan. Uh, long
13: time listener, first time caller. My name is uh Blake, but you can call me Dink. That's what everyone calls me. Blake, but call you say again what? My nickname's Dink. It's from a of a, a Dink. Uh, it's from a volleyball accident.
0: Dink. Okay. I guess I'll call yeah. you, if that's what you want me to call you, Dink. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Play It By Year. Thanks, man. I
13: lo- I love your show. I I have a lot of respect for you as a broadcaster.
0: Oh, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Dink. What's on your your mind or in your heart tonight?
13: Oh I, well, I uh, I was just uh, you know I'm a, I'm a regular listener to the show and uh, I I just I have so much respect for the fact that you create these little blocks of music uh, that 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 uh, are genre. Uh, it's really cool because uh, you could so easily just go on and be and just play like the greatest band of all time, which has consolidated every form of music into one and you don't do that you you take the hard route and I'm, I really you, I'm
0: sorry do you have a band? you said the greatest band of all time consolidated well, every you, do you have one in mind or are you just speaking more generally like uh, just your fa- you could play your favorite band or something like that
13: well no i mean there's obviously one band who has uh taken every genre of music and formed it into one perfect fusion and you you don't ever play them and i really respect that so okay I,
0: I i get i feel like we're playing a guessing game here who's who's really done a lot oh. of stuff um you talking about the beatles no no
13: <laughs> that's pretty funny man <laughs> no not the beatles
0: this is uh, uh, so I I feel like I'm be an idiot once you tell me because maybe I'm just having like a brain fart. Greatest band ever synthesized every every genre of music so I could play them on any block, but I don't. And you think that's noble? I, <sighs> yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you could play it on any block
13: from the era of uh, time that they were uh, doing their thing.
0: Okay, I get. I, I'm trying to think who does. I guess like. Weird out Yankovic and Ween do a lot of sort of like different genre kind of things.
13: Uh, yeah, I'm not talking about either of those guys. I mean, they're they're both cool in their own right, I guess. But uh, dude, I'm talking about Sublime.
0: <laughs> you're talking about okay. You're talking <laughs> you're talking about the ska punk band from Long Beach, California. Uh, well. Th- they're more than just gone and Punk, but like I, th- I
13: feel like in culture, there are some ir- indisputable truths, and one is that Sublime is the best band of all time, and two is that The Big Lebowski is the best movie of
0: all time. I mean, duh. <laughs> and certainly, there's at least one indisputable truth, thing, and, it, and it is that if you believe the first one, you almost absolutely believe the second one, so I'll go with you on that at least. Yeah, I mean, SoCal Represent, am I right? SoCal Represent, uh, I, I love the passion. If I'm, You might not be pleased to hear this, Dick, but <laughs> I think I like some Sublime songs. I think the wrong way is pretty catchy, but in general, a little of that stuff goes a long way for me. I'm not the biggest Sublime fan.
13: Whoa, bombshell, Duff. That's a big bombshell.
0: I'm sorry. I mean, taste is subjective and I respect that, that probably more than what was the first 40 ounce of freedom is whatever. But then the, the self title one, I mean, it's pretty much front to back songs. We've all heard a million times. I mean, you got to respect a pop music achievement like that.
13: Well, yeah. I mean, you've heard them a million times for a reason because you wanted to listen to them a million times. I mean, am I right?
0: Ah, oh, boy, when was the last time I pulled a trigger on a Sublime song and didn't just kind of diegetically encounter a Sublime song out there in the world? I gotta say, it might have been, might have been, gosh, it might have been more than 15 billion years ago. It might have been when I was going through everything for the first time during my first shift, man. I, I gotta say, not, not, not a go-to band for me, Sublime.
13: Uh, well I I mean I haven't been around for 15 billion years like you have but uh but I feel like I could listen to Sublime and like maybe the Beastie Boys for fifteen
0: millionaires. Okay, <laughs> and maybe the Beastie Boys too. Okay,
13: sometimes every once in a while you got to break it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just as a palate cleanser between Sublime songs, you, put, you yeah. you'll put on, you know, throw on some Intergalactic.
13: Am I right? <laughs> sure,
0: Johnny Rayal or something like that. I see. I see where you come from, man. Well, it's the fifties episode, and I don't think I got anything I can play from Sublime tonight. I'm, I still, I'm a little bit i don't 100 percent take you on your premise that sublime synthesizes every form of music into one perfect concoction i because i'm just thinking I mean, like it's all in there. it's a, it's very
13: subtle like bradley noel was a genius i think we can all agree on that and <laughs> okay. uh it, i mean he he subtly was able to work every style of music i mean obviously not the stuff that has happened after his death but uh right not dubstep i'll start keeping it alive though am i right
0: i guess so man i mean i got it look it's been a while since i listened to those records but to me they have a pretty specific sound there's lots of types of music i can think of that i i bet you would not be able to pull a sublime (laughs) song if i said them (laughs) Well, you know, I thought that I could be –
13: I was talking to an equal here who would be able to – since you had all of that time, I thought that maybe you would have been able to pick up the subtle nuances of Brad Brad Noel's genius. But but how about this? You name a style of music, and I'll tell you where you could find it in a Sublime song.
0: Wow. So you got that kind of like total recall of the Sublime back catalog that anything I name, you're just going to have it ready in your head? probably
13: man i i mean i've i've gone through i have all the bootlegs i've listened to them hundreds of times i've listened to the albums probably thousands of times
0: so i can do this let me let me pitch you some styles and you see if you got a sublime song for it i'm not going to be i'm not going to be mean and uh, and do some kind of like you know bad pitch edit improv show stuff like alpine yodeling music or whatever i'll try to i'll try to stay in the popular forms to see if you got something, all right?
13: Okay, you do what you got to do.
0: Death metal.
13: Death metal. Uh, I would say, if you have listened to Sublime's uh, album, Secondhand Smoke, there is uh, there, which was uh, the second posthumous album uh, after Brad's death, uh, there is a version of Chick on My Tip, that definitely has some death metal overtones uh with the bass and drums i would say
0: I, I guess i'll listen to all these after the show okay let me try another one this one you seems well. like I, I don't think going will be able to pull this what about like <laughs> baroque chamber music classical you know like some real bachy stuff and whatnot
13: Oh, I mean that's literally all over every Sublime album. Uh, But if you're looking for something that's uh, that's that's like specifically that, I would have to go back all the way to Robin the Hood. And uh, and if you listen to some of the uh, the background sounds in uh, the I don't care too much for reggae dub, uh, (laughs) there's definitely a lot of. Movements going on there.
0: Where does Bob get off writing a song called "I Don't
13: Care for Reggae"? <laughs> what, what? Well, if you remember correctly, that was the song where they just recorded street people talking about not liking reggae oh,
0: music. <laughs> right? Okay.
13: Yeah. Like somewhat baroque classical music throughout it.
0: What about like some? What about some like melancholy, painful folk music?
13: Oh, well, I think we're talking about Boss DJ all day long.
0: <laughs> Boss DJ expresses <laughs> expresses real pain, you say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, here's one. I got one more for you. Uh I think this is what this is called when you're when you when you're singing the exact same note that you're playing. I think it's called melisma where you double your vocal melody with your instrument how about melisma um
13: that's so funny because i was just listening to this on my computer while i was looking for unknown sublime bootlegs. um i'll just play this this is uh off of their self-titled album uh it's called under my voodoo <laughs>
0: wow the audio quality from your computer through your phone over skype to my ears is like that's some hi-fi stuff dude well look man this
13: is a this laptop is very sentimental to me my mom got it for me right before she died so
0: oh i'm so sorry to hear about your mom that is it's important to hang on artifacts of the people we love when they're not around anymore yeah she got trampled to death at a
13: social distortion concert (laughs) I'm, I'm Are you sorry. Serious? mom's death,
0: no, I'm just, I'm, am overcome with emotion, dude. I'm sorry. She's a social disorder fan, huh? Yeah. Well, not anymore. Dick, <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your expertise. I'd like to invite you to, to come back on the show sometime maybe maybe when we get into the 90s maybe i'll do a scott punk block and i'll and i'll, I'll do some sublime have you come on and talk about them
13: i was actually calling in to do the halloween topic
0: oh you want to do yeah let's do the halloween grab bag to remind the listeners we got what is your favorite candy to get while trick-or-treating what is your favorite cost or the best costume you ever wore for halloween and finally uh f mary kill the monster mash thriller and uh and the ghostbusters theme what do you got for me dink
13: all right well um my favorite candy is obviously mounds <laughs> for obvious reasons Um, all right no coconut okay, but uh i love the name if you know what i'm saying yeah uh, and then uh uh Halloween costume. Well, I had a thing before my uh volleyball injury. I used to go as Brad every year because I had that physique. Uh and then uh and then I kinda gained some weight while I was in uh uh rehabilitation for my volleyball injury. And then I went as Eric from Sublime and then uh kinda lost some of the weight but not all the weight. And I've been going as Bud for most of the years <laughs> since then. Uh, but uh Recently I had a stroke of genius and last year I went as Lou Dog and crushed it.
0: <laughs> Great. I'm sure it was a hit. It sounds like you'd light up any Halloween party. Must be tough with the with the, the COVID stuff that you can't trot that out again this year.
13: Right. This year I was gonna go as Rome.
0: <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'll have to hook up with you next year if uh, if everything's back to normal. We'll we'll party like it's uh nineteen ninety four. Together.
13: <laughs> yeah. That's when Brad was still alive, man.
0: All right. F. Mary Kill, is this a hard one for you? Are you even familiar with these songs or are they too far outside of the Sublime focus no, because of your stuff? I'm
13: familiar with all of these songs from before Sublime came on the scene. Um, i would definitely i'm just gonna straight up say i would kill monster mash because i don't fuck with monsters that aren't an energy drink
0: Think, all right? i'm gonna say man you can't be dropping f-bombs on here i no, mean you already made that crack about mounds and i'm just thinking about the children <laughs>
13: All right. Well, listen, I I didn't realize they had a huge children following, Um, which uh, I'll, I'll respect that from here on out. All
0: right. Uh, yeah. I uh, mean, I'm not like a Pied Piper. I'm not trying to gather them, but in case they're here, I want them to be able to not do the earmuffs thing from that one Will Ferrell movie. All right. So you're going to kill the Monster <laughs> Mash. I agree. I agree. That would be my kill. So we're on the same page there.
13: And then, um, I'd probably, uh, I'd have, I'd have to F the, uh, um, thriller because there's just some, there's some funky F grooves in there. And, uh, I remember the video when I was a kid, I mean, he was trying to F at the beginning of the video before they turned him into a werewolf monster or whatever.
0: Yeah. He's grabbing at that popcorn. You're thinking, did he do the the thing that people do, you know, with Uh, the popcorn?
13: But, uh, um yeah that he had that vibe
0: in that so car, you, you marry know. the ghostbusters thing
13: I guess I would have to marry the ghostbusters theme. Uh, I don't know like uh Bill Murray, even though he wasn't in big Lebowski he 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 is a pretty funny dude. I'm sure he gets high
0: <laughs> He probably does get high once again we find ourselves great at the end of this call. Dave thank you so much for calling in. I appreciated your fresh perspective uh, on music uh.
13: uh I hope that I've opened your eyes to, to what a great band, Sublime, is and, and that you get get on the same page.
0: I'm going to listen to all those songs you mentioned after the show, buddy, and uh, if we ever cross paths again, I'll tell you what I thought. Thank you so much for your call and your time. Thank you to all of you for joining me here tonight for our spooky Sunday edition of Play It By Year. we got one more block of music for you tonight. Now, we've already gotten pretty weird. We're about to get weirder. Our last block tonight is the... Pioneers of electronic music block. That's right. We're listening to electronic music circa the 1950s. What's that going to sound like? Find out right now and play it by year of the 50s with me, Duff Dixon. <laughs> music here on play it by year i think we've learned tonight that the 1950s had weirdos too and that's all i wanted to show you tonight in music except for our last one um kind of a low key normal show tonight feels good to get back to just taking calls having some fun with y'all not crying not freaking out about nothing not having to expose my secret pains or anything like that i got a caller on the line i want to get this chill Halloween episode out with. Let's bring them on. Uh, you're on with Doug Dixon, Play By Year, the 50s. Who am I talking to? Hey, it's Frank, returning Uh returning listener and
14: returning caller.
0: Frank, welcome back to Play By Year. Always a pleasure to hear from you, Frank. Uh, always a pleasure to be on. It's, it, it's, it's especially a pleasure because this time I feel usually I'm calling some year, you know, where you were a little baby or maybe you were like uh a kid or, or in your early teens this time it's like we're both we're on the same boat neither of us existed in the 50s
14: yeah the only time i experienced the 50s were in the many cubes of walt disney world
0: oh yeah definitely in the
14: <laughs> they God, sure they do didn't. love the 50s there
0: yeah there was a you, the other thing that's kind of funny is the way the 1970s and 80s fetishized the 50s with the themed diners with happy days you know kind I mean, of
14: like you can make an argument that every generation fetishized a generation that came before them
0: yeah to an extent i mean i remember the 80s parties raging on through the 2000s and the 2010s and then of course there's kind of like 90s nostalgia of like y'all are real monsters was a good show and you're like no it wasn't what are you talking <laughs> about <laughs> but hey It's good that you're here for the 50s. What do you think about 50s music in general? Is it kind of not really on your radar?
14: It wasn't on my radar until tonight, but you turned me on to some heaters, dude. I'm still thinking about the songs I heard in that first block, man. Oh, the doo-wop block. That's a cool one, man.
0: Yeah. There's definitely like a whole lot of doo-wop to dig through before you get to cuts like that. Most of it is The Good Night, Sweetheart. Shenanigan stuff that you're expecting it to be but you know if you got a little patience if you're not worried to expose yourself to maybe a, a a an era of recording that's a little brighter a little sharp on the ears compared to what we're used to you can really find some like buried treasure in there frank uh it's a spooky episode i don't know if it you've noticed do you want me to play the Castle Thunder sound effect again, just to remind everybody? Here it Sure, is.
11: dude, go ahead.
0: Oh yeah. Listen, spooky time. Okay, cutting it off. Uh Frank <laughs> I guess I guess what I want to do with you since you're here and since I mean we're not gonna play a Kanye West song tonight, obviously he is not alive in the nineteen fifties. No He actually you might you're a Kanye fan. You might be interested to know this, Frank. Uh Kanye knows about Archangel. Um oh, he cool. <laughs> he has celebrity information clearance, and uh he's applied to be a time astronaut, but they ran a risk assessment on him and decided it would be dangerous Way to give him- high
14: you know i I also feel like he definitely applied there on a whim uh-huh, like he heard about it one night definitely through through some you know party grapevine. And then he goes home and in one of his strokes of genius he gets out the court he's like I could reroute the history of popular music and pull all these different inspirations and really come up with a great thing and I can also have sex with many different bitches from all over the world. <laughs> Kanye's true. words
0: not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that sounds like the man. That sounds like the gentleman in question that Kanye like, will.
14: And then when he returns back I, he either takes the route where we have uh, a concept album where each track is about a different period in history done in the Kanye style, which he wouldn't commit to, by the way. That would be the marketing. And then when it comes out, we have two tracks like that.
0: And the rest is just whatever he was throwing together at the time, yeah.
14: Yup. You got a really
0: accurate yay simulation in your brain. I think you're, I think you're running like a pretty advanced artificial intelligence program <laughs> in your brain right now.
14: Yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, you asked a lot, a great three part question tonight. Oh,
0: yeah. Let's do the discussion question for Halloween, Frank, just to remind the listeners one last time. What is your favorite candy to get while trick or treating? What was the best Halloween costume you ever wore? And F. Mary Kill, the Monster Mash, the Ghostbusters theme, and Thriller. Take us through it, starting with the candy, Frank.
14: So, my favorite candies to get are not necessarily one particular, but the weird kind of candy you get like at the ju- grocery store checkout i'm talking about like your juicy your juicy drop pops your push pops the ones you don't get in bulk and the par- like wh- whoever's doing this forgot to buy candy didn't have time to run to the candy aisle for whatever reason so they went to the checkout aisle and just filled up a basket with that juicy drop pop uh Man, push, push pop they're, they're so waxy you know all, it's of, like a- all of that kind of Sour involved hard candy that had liquids in it, like liquid candy, is such an interesting concept to me because it's not soda, but it's also not like a drink either. It's it's a really strange thing. And when I was young and I went trick or treating, those were like my favorite things to get.
0: That's a, that's a great answer, and I'm also going to take you through my answers as we go through this too. So I want to I want to go one for one for you. My favorite uh, Halloween candy to get in a trick or treat bag. The fun-sized nerd box. Oh, that's my
14: runner-up. Nice. No
0: kidding. Hey, we're linking up. The little fun-sized box of nerd is so fun. Purple or pink, though. I like. There's nothing. There's not uh, purple. Probably, probably purple. I'm. I'm also a purple guy. But there's nothing really fun about like a fun-sized Snickers. But a fun-sized nerd box—that's fun.
14: It's also like the exact amount of nerds I need.
0: Oh yeah, who's gonna kill a whole box of nerds? What kind of psychopath is gonna kill a whole <laughs> box of nerds?
14: Exactly. Like you, it takes like a week to consume an entire box of nerds.
0: Yeah, unless unless you truly hate yourself, <laughs> and then
14: maybe you'll kill it
0: in one sitting. Uh, all right, costume. What's the best uh, Halloween costume you ever wore? I
14: was I was only really big on costumes when I was younger, uh, in like the mid, like my my like late adolescence into early teen years my costumes were always kind of this haberdashery thrown together kind of thing Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. and this
14: is actually the first year where I've planned out my costume in advance and I'm doing a bit of a group costume with uh, my friends who you have heard the many adventures of on uh, Trevor Rickrath show every Saturday. Oh yeah,
0: everybody make sure to follow TRVRKRTH on Mixler and check out Trevor Ickrath versus the absurd universe. Uh, Frank does call into that show, does some great work on there. All right. So what's the, what's this group costume thing that's happening?
14: uh you've seen a lot of tv in your day when you're not listening to music i imagine that's one of the things you gravitate towards yeah sure i'm a i'll long. admit
0: that I'm a, I'm a cord cutter now i don't have an active cable subscription i just do the streaming and whatnot
14: i probably won't have one pretty soon either but uh are you aware of the mtv cult 90s animated show clone high
0: I, I'm well. You could you could grate cheese on my washboard abs. Yeah, I remember. I could, yeah. I remember Clone High. I, that wasn't that where wasn't that where the world met? Now Hollywood power players, Lord and Miller.
14: Yes, they did. And now I've always been a big fan of this show since a little YouTube account introduced it to me way back when. And it Man, recently, that's crazy to think that a cult classic comedy <laughs> animated show from when I was
0: in high school has managed somehow to make it all the way to the youth of
14: today yeah it became a trend actually it's like a thing that like everyone has seen and watched because the full show is now on youtube in one four hour long video (laughs) oh my god are these the first
0: blushes of aughts nostalgia
14: and literally everyone i know got into it at the same time and i was ahead of the curve and so for Halloween, my friend group decided to do Clone High characters, and we're going to. Cool. Who are you going, else? I'm JFK. You're
0: doing. You could grate cheese on your washboard abs. That's <laughs> yes, awesome, sir. man. I, that might be the, That's the coolest costume of the night, man.
14: It's the exact shirt. Throw on some khakis. Uh... Gel up my hair real big. It's going to be fun. I guess we
0: should let people in because it's. I imagine most people don't either remember <laughs> or never learned about Clone High, but it's a high school where it's like all clones of historical figures when they're teenagers because of what is it like a government program or something?
14: Basically, the government. Figured out how to clone historical people. And the idea was, let's put them in a high school together and we could like recreate the greatest thinkers of our generation. But they're actually just regular teenagers with vague tinges of their previous personalities.
0: You got like Lincoln and Cleopatra and JFK and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's that's a lot of fun, Frank. I think my best uh, Halloween costume, or at least the one I remember most fondly, was uh, my mama helped me. I I think I was either... (laughs) I was on, like, elementary school, middle school cusp. I couldn't give you an exact year, but my mama helped me uh, make a Parappa the Rapper costume. Oh, that's fun. And, I mean, let me tell you, I never felt flyer than when I rolled up to school as Parappa the Rapper. I guess that brings us to one last one, and I got—can I change it? I feel like you're not of age, Frank. Can I change the question to kiss, Mary kill, or perhaps— <laughs> Heavy Pet Mary Kill, just to skirt the the, yeah. un- the discomfort keep, of our gaps in age. Keep it legal. <laughs> Let's keep it legal. Okay, so you are you got Thriller, you got Monster Mash, and of course, you've got the Ghostbusters thing. Let's Can hear your pick. Can I
14: twist pick. your question a little bit?
0: All right, go for it. I don't care.
14: I think I'm going to, instead of choosing to kiss, Mary or kill these songs, I'm going to choose which song I'd kiss, Mary or kill someone to.
0: Oh great good wrinkle, Frank. I'm hundred percent on board. Let's do it.
14: Okay, okay. I think I'm gonna kiss someone to thriller.
0: I get it, yeah, of course. You stop to scream. it's got a it's got a sultriness to it, you know? Yeah. Maybe by the time that Vincent Price outro comes on, you might want to break away. You don't want to get <laughs> yeah. stuck like a lift when he's like, "When the darkness comes and the wolves are
14: high and the spiders,"
0: you, you can't go, you can't keep going tongues in while Vincent yeah.
14: <laughs> Vincent Price is rapping. I think I'd marry. <laughs> to Ghostbusters. Oh my, would you walk the aisle to <laughs> it? Yes. I'd walk the aisle to Ghostbusters. Frank. You're <laughs> a man Why? of taste. That would totally ruin the atmosphere <laughs> of wherever we are. <laughs> and it speeds <laughs> up the divorce chance to like, week after the honeymoon.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to necessarily be married for life. You just want to get married, get divorced, and like, funnel that painting to your art. Um, You could do one of those like real cringy mid-2000s, everybody in my wedding party does a little dance thing to the Ghostbusters. I could see.
14: I had to do one of those, everyone in my wedding party does a little dance walking out, and I hated it every minute of it. I'm sure
0: you did, man. That stuff's real normie bait. That's some normie bait on YouTube. People just watch a whole
14: playlist of that. I, I did get to choose which song I walked out to, though. And being that I was in seventh grade and just starting my gorillas obsession, I did do Clint Eastwood. Hey, that's so pretty cool. There's a like a video of me on someone's Facebook of walking out with sunglasses in a dark room to Clint Eastwood. And that means you're gonna murder somebody to the monster man. Show yes, me. of course. Cool. That was the most obvious one. <laughs>
0: I kind of like it, man. Yeah, definitely. It was a graveyard smash as you potentially smashed
14: somebody's head in. That makes sense. And I think the rhythm plays into a big factor of it, too. You know, you can do like a cool cartoony creep up a walk. (laughs) Yeah, I can (laughs) see it. Sure. Like Scooby-Doo silhouette style. (laughs) I
0: was working in the lab late one night. You're sulking. You're (laughs) You're sidling up. Hey so we got one more song for tonight Of course it's from the only member of the big five who was af- active in making music in the 1950s Miles Davis. Are you kind of like on your music journey how far have you gotten into like the history of jazz music?
14: uh at one point I owned kind of blue on vinyl and I got it for uh, Barnes and Noble I had like a buy one get one and I bought Al Green's greatest hits, which is still in my collection. Because you can't go wrong with Al Green. And I got Kind of Blue for free. Because I was like saying, hmm, I should check out Jazz. Kind of Blue,
0: its reputation precedes it as... The quote unquote greatest jazz album of all time. I think it's very good, but I would point people to to a few other records before I would point them to Kind of Blue. However, its reputation precedes it. And tonight, to end the show, Frank, if you grabbed that vinyl and put on track three, I
14: don't have it anymore. I traded it for a different album.
0: Well, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back a memory that you barely even have when I play <laughs> Drag 3 from God of Blue tonight by Miles Davis. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for calling in tonight. Uh, always a pleasure. You're welcome anytime. That's a high-caliber caller, ladies and gentlemen. That is how it's done from Frank tonight. Uh, This song is called Blue and Green. I'm. Mean, what do you want me to say about it? It's probably one of the most listened to jazz recordings in history. I wanted to do a deep cut for y'all from Porgy and Bess from Miles Davis because I really like it. But then I thought, who am I kidding? I'm not going to deny this man his moment of glory. I only, I'm only doing one episode for the whole 50s. I got to play it. From 1959, from Kind of Blue, this is the maybe overplayed but still brilliant blue and green on the 50s night thank you for calling in thank you for listening in thank you for hanging out i've been duck Dick duff dixon this has been play it by year go bruins i got football updates for y'all next week couldn't get to it too busy here comes the music